This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. Money messes up everything, especially religion. That includes the type of spirituality that goes under the name of non-duality these days. As soon as a spiritual teacher starts to accept money from people for teaching, it has the potential to distort the message, the relationship, and the spirituality itself. I'm not saying that this is inevitable or that this always happens, but it can. Take it from one who made a living as a professional religious leader. For over 40 years, from the time I first accepted a position as a part-time pastor of a little country church in the fall of 1974, when I was in seminary, to the time I retired from full-time ministry in 2016, I accepted money for being a pastor. I still get paid for substitute preaching in retirement, most recently filling the pulpit at four different churches, at three different churches in May. Money easily corrupts the spiritual life. For that reason, Jesus spoke a lot about the dangers of money, and so did the Apostle Paul. Neither of those men took money for their preaching or their teaching. Jesus seemed to have accepted food and shelter, though, much like mendicant monks have done for millennia of many different spiritual traditions. The Gospels speak of women who are apparently well off and who supported his ministry. Paul says that apostles have a right to be paid for their ministry. And the Pauline letter of 1 Timothy says the same thing about elders, pastors. So I'm not saying that religious leaders should not be paid. That would be hypocritical for me to say at this point in my life. But we have to be very careful. It is dangerous territory. There are too many well-known examples of televangelists and megachurch pastors and Hindu gurus who have gotten rich from their religious ministry. Paul declined to accept money for his ministry. He supported himself by tent-making. The reason Paul did not accept money is because it does something to you and to your message and your relationship to people, to those who are giving the money. For that reason, Paul decided to err on the side of caution so no one would ever accuse him of ulterior motives. I noticed how money changed things throughout my ministry. One is hesitant to bite the hand that feeds you especially when that hand is also feeding your wife and your children and you aren't qualified to do anything else if you get fired. So one tempers one's words on certain controversial issues so as not to offend the powers that be, whether in the local congregation or in the denomination. And for what I am now reading and hearing, this has gotten much worse than these years since I retired. 
especially in the last few years with the intense polarization and radicalization in American politics. It is crazy how conspiracy theories and political intolerance has come to dominate American public life, including church life. It has reached into many churches, especially conservative and evangelical churches. In many cases, these movements started in the churches. Pastors are being threatened with termination if they do not toe the party line in their teaching and their preaching when it comes to certain political and social and moral hot-button issues. Call it the spiritual cancel culture. For that reason, I am wary of any religious or spiritual teacher who prospers financially from their teaching. It's a minefield for the ego of the teacher. The teacher, the ego can deceive even the most enlightened and sincere teacher. The ego is coddled by the adulation of others. The message is unconsciously adjusted so that those people will keep coming back. It can become a money-making proposition. Money-making and marketing techniques are employed. The public image is polished with the right clothing and the right props and the right demeanor that conveys holiness. The message is adjusted to harmonize with what similar teachers are saying. One gets a reputation and is invited to, to speak at gatherings, conferences, and retreats and meetings, and one begins to think carefully about what, 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 about what one is to say and how it will be received. The ego whispers into one's ears and one begins listening without even realizing it. One begins to pay attention to other people's opinions and what people are saying about you. There are very few spiritual leaders who can navigate those egoic waters without falling prey to them. Jesus knew what he was talking about when he included in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. I have to be careful to keep these episodes that I record online authentic, even though I'm living in obscurity in the woods of New Hampshire. Not many people listen to me or care what I have to say, which is fine for me. Those who do care will listen. I'm not getting rich from book royalties and honoraria, and I like it that way. I am blessed with a pension and savings that are enough for my wife and I to live in, so I don't need anything else. I do not want more than I already have. I'm content with what I have. Now I'm going to con connect now these thoughts to Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. And this particular passage I'm going to read for you now, he talks about authenticity in handling money. And particularly he's talking about how giving, charitable giving, but it applies to handling money in general. So bear with me. It will be connected to what I have just said. Jesus says, Take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, to be noticed by them. 
Otherwise, you would have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and on the streets, so they will be praised by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your charitable giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus instructs his followers not to give to others in such a way as to be recognized and honored for the gift. He is saying to act anonymously. He advises, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's a principle that applies to more than this charitable giving. It is a principle for all of living. This is analogous to the Taoist idea of Wei Wu Wei, action without action. Non-dual living is selfless living, egoless living. It is living disengaged from the ego. It is letting life live through you without the ego interfering and making a mess of it. The ego, the small self, loves money because it's used to bolster the ego. So as soon as we see the ego getting involved, it's best just to ignore it. Without attention, the ego loses interest very quickly. The ego loves attention because really it is nothing more than attention. It is the consciousness focusing, and that's what we call the ego. It has no reality, actually, apart from attention that we give it. And it dissolves when attention is removed, revealing that it is nothing. It is illusion. Do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. That means that we act in a natural and spontaneous way. The Tao Te Ching calls it living in harmony with the Tao. Now I want to say that we act without thinking, but that would be, that could be misunderstood. It's fine to think and to think through things so we do not act thoughtlessly and carelessly or even dangerously. But the ego does not have to get wrapped up in the thinking. In reality, the ego does not think. It thinks it is the thinker. But in reality, there is no thinker. There's just thinking. There's no giver. There's just giving. For that reason, there's no need for getting credit or recognition. When one is transparent to the divine, then the divine guides the thinking and the giving. We are the vessels of the spirit. We are instruments of the divine. The words attributed to Francis of Assisi come to mind, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. The Apostle Paul calls this being the body of Christ. Christ is the head, he says. We are the body and parts of it. Christ lives through us. We are just channels of life that is living us, living in us. The Spirit is living through us. It's not us who's living, who's doing the living, not us as egos anyway, but it's us as life itself, as the, the big self, if you will, it, the being itself, which is our, our true nature. It is foolish for us to take credit for something that we're not doing. In this way, we are conduits for all types of blessings, including monetary blessings, to flow through us to others. Jesus talks about springs of living water springing up from the depths and flowing through us. We know from nature the water that is dammed soon becomes stagnant and begins to stink. So do our lives. 
when we are concerned about money or attention or recognition flowing to us and stopping with us. If anything flows to us, then we had to let it continue to flow out of us to others without the left hand knowing what the right hand is doing. Egoless, selfless, receiving and giving. That is non-dual living. And that is a teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.